Fantastic. Well, those of you who are, um, are here uh, regularly will know that we've been going through a series recently um, at the book of Proverbs. Um, and this morning, though, I want to do things a little bit differently. Um, so we're not going to be looking at Proverbs. Um, and I just want to be able to share with you something which I've got, I feel God's been speaking to me about little by little over the last few months, um, which is about being people of courage and what that really means and what that really looks like. And, you know, if you think back over your life, and you think about the, the dreams and the hopes that you've had and, um, and the decisions that you've had to, to make in order to kind of pursue those things. You know, whether you're someone who, who believes in Jesus today or not, every single one of us would have had those kind of things that we've wanted to reach for and it's taken courage to do it. You know, there's, there's, it involves sometimes, you know, putting ourselves out there and taking what feels like a risk, doesn't it? You know, and, and it could be uh, the, the first time maybe that you tell someone how you feel about them. And uh, I remember this with, with Rosie. Um, it was uh, nearly 15 years ago now. Um, I was a bit of a, a kind of a, a geek at the time. Still am really just trying to hide it. And uh, so uh, we went to a, a sci-fi cafe. That's the place to go, isn't it? We went to a sci-fi cafe. And so around us in this cafe were kind of life-size models of Daleks and various things like that. And it's in that place that I first kind of plucked up the courage. And I said to Rosie those words, I love you. I love you. And it takes courage to do that, doesn't it? To, to put yourself out there and to, to share with someone and open up about how you feel. Maybe it's going for a job interview. Maybe it's quitting your job in order to do something different. You know, every single one of us have, have had decisions that we've made and have done things in our lives that have taken courage in order to pursue what it was that we wanted. You know, but alongside the times that I've had uh, courage I can also remember those times when my fear has held me back and I've missed opportunities. And maybe you can think of times like that too. You know, times when you've faced a decision and you've done a bit of a kind of cost-benefit analysis and you've weighed things up and the risks that are involved and you've kind of looked at it and you've thought, no, that's not for me. That's too far out of my comfort zone. It's too much of a risk. And what happens when we do that is our fear overcomes our courage. Our fear of what we might lose. Our fear of what people might think of us or what they might say. Our fear of the consequences overcomes our courage. And so we choose to play it safe. And you know, sometimes... There's a wisdom to that. You know, if you went out in the middle of a, a, you know, we've had a whole bunch of storms recently, haven't we? If you went out in the midst of, of, of 60 mile an hour plus winds and decided you were going to walk the cliff path, then your fear might suggest to you that you should take a step back and play it safe. And there's a wisdom to that, isn't there? You know, but all too often in, in my life, and, and maybe you can think of times when it's been the case for you too, I know that my fear has overcome my courage. And it's held me back. And you know, when I look at the, the church in the New Testament, and when I look at, uh, um, at where the, the church is a bit flourished in history, and when I look where the church is flourishing around the world today, what I see again and again is that the followers of Jesus are people of courage. They are people who stand for Jesus even when it means that they risk everything. 
They share their faith even when people will reject them for it. Even when their lives might be on the line. You know, and that's why I'm so excited about starting the advanced group. That's why I'm so excited about going through the course Talking Jesus because these are, are simply tools to help us to grow as people of courage and to take hold of something of the purpose that God has for us. And we see an amazing example of the courage of those who follow Jesus in Acts chapter 4. That's where we're going to be for, for most of this morning. Just to set the scene in the previous chapter, uh, we discover that Peter and John, they've, they've been on their way to, to the temple to pray. And, and as they're on their way to the temple to pray, they see a guy who is, is lame. He's over 40 years old and he's sat there at the wall of the temple. And, and, and Peter and John are moved with compassion. They're moved with compassion and so they stop and, and Peter bends down to the guy and he says, Look, I, I don't have any money that I can give you. But, but what I have, I want to share with you. And so in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he takes the guy by the hand and he lifts him up. And the guy is immediately healed. And he starts shouting and jumping and making this great big scene because he's just been healed after 40 years of not being able to move. And as he makes this scene, crowds of people start to gather around. Crowds of people come because they've walked past him every day for the last 40 years. And now here he is, jumping and shouting and, and praising God. And Peter, he, he seizes this opportunity of the crowd. He seizes the opportunity to share about Jesus. And we see thousands of people give their lives to Jesus. It's an amazing moment. But we also see is that Whenever the truth about Jesus is proclaimed, however we go about it, alongside the people who accept Jesus, there will always be those who, regardless of of how sensitive we are, regardless of what we do, regardless of the miracles, they'll be offended. And they'll reject Jesus. And they will stand in opposition to his church. And that's what we find in Acts 4. The priests and the temple guard and the Jewish leaders, they come and they arrest Peter and John and they put them in prison overnight. And this is what we read starting in Acts 4 verse 5. It says, The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? And what I find fascinating here is that the Jewish leaders accept that the man has been healed. They don't try and deny or argue about what has happened. The good works are undeniable. What they take issue with is the power and the name by which it happened. They take issue with the fact that Jesus is the one being proclaimed. And I think this is so similar to the kind of of issues that we can face as followers of Jesus today. There is a pressure on the church in, in this nation and on us as believers because people are offended by the name of Jesus. There is a battle going on uh, through the media, through political parties, in the, all sorts of different arenas, as people try to fight to stamp out the name of Jesus. 
They're accepting of the good works that we do as a church, the love and the care that we show for people, the, the way that we do things to care for the community, like the food bank that we do here. But they take issue with the power and the name by which we do those things. You can even talk about faith and spirituality that's all fine, but you just don't say the name of Jesus because then you become exclusive and people are offended and upset. And so as the church and as followers of Jesus, we are constantly faced with between choosing to be people of courage and, and taking a risk and choosing not to play it safe or to be held. Or the alternative is that we're held back by fear in our workplace with our friends and our family in school, with our neighbors, we face the fear of what will they think of us? How will they react? Might I lose a a friend here? Will my business take a hit? And so often to my shame, in my own experience, what I find is that my fear overcomes my courage. But what I find hope in is that I can grow in courage. And I find that hope when I look at the example of Peter. Because you see, that was at Peter's experience too. Only a few weeks ago, Peter's fear overcomes his courage. Only a few weeks ago, Peter is faced by these very same people and he's, he's faced with, with questions and, and he's so afraid and so scared of what they might do to him and what might happen and what the consequences might be that he denies Jesus three times. He lies about even knowing the guy and then he flees in tears. And so just a few weeks later when he's faced with this question from the same people that he was so afraid of before, What does Peter do? Well, it says in verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He doesn't hold any punches, does he? doesn't sound like someone who's scared. For Peter, everything has changed. He's filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so now his courage overcomes his fear. And he stands and he speaks boldly and he declares the truth about Jesus to people who hold his life in their hands. And they can't believe what's happening. In verse 13 he says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful little statement? As Jewish leaders who were trying to stamp out Christianity, 
They look at Peter and John and they are so struck, they are so astonished by their courage that the only conclusion they're able to come to is that these men have been with Jesus. That's an exciting challenge to us, isn't it? You know, as a church here in St. Ossel and as individual believers, that we would live life in such a way, with such courage and such boldness, that it would put people up short and they would stop and they would take note and they would only conclusion that they could come to is that we had been with Jesus. The sad thing is that despite recognizing that the lame man has been healed, Despite their amazement at Peter and John's courage and realizing that's only possible because of spending time with Jesus. The Jewish leaders still rejected Jesus for themselves. They were still committed to stamping out the name of Jesus. And so they debated what they should do with Peter and John. And then in verse 18 we read this, it says, Then they called them in again. And commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now, I think it's easy for us to miss how serious this is. Because we don't understand it and we just kind of pass over it as a sentence. But try and picture the, the scene for a moment in kind of modern day terms. What's going on here is the equivalent of you having been arrested. Put in the police station overnight, taken to court put on trial, found guilty, and the judge pronouncing over you, you will no longer do what you were doing. You will no longer preach about. You will no longer talk about. You will no longer share about. You will no longer associate anything with Jesus. And this is a a big deal. This is serious for Peter and John. And then this is how they reply to the authorities, to the judge, to the people in power. They say this. They say, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, in modern terms, this is contempt of court. This could have led to a long time in prison. But instead we read, after further threats, they let them go. Not because they were the nice because, or because they didn't have the power to punish them. No, because they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. They were scared of the crowd. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. You know, there is a boldness to Peter and John here that if I'm honest, I find it hard to get my head around. And it both inspires me and it challenges me when I think about my own life. You know, one of the questions that I think every single one of us has to wrestle with over and over again, one of the pulls that we we feel on us in this life is the desire to have people like you and accept you and the desire to have a comfortable life and to be thought well of. I don't know know anyone who doesn't want to be thought well of. But at times that desire can pull against and cause us to wrestle with how we can be people of courage for Jesus. Because that involves putting our reputation and our comfort and our friendships on the line. 
and that's hard, isn't it? Being completely honest, it doesn't come naturally for most of us, certainly not for me. So how is it possible? How can we grow as people of courage for Jesus? And I think we can learn a lot about how we can grow as people of courage from the way that Peter and John respond to the threats after they've been released. This is what we read going on in verses 23 to 31. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, I love the way that the followers of Jesus respond in the face of fear. Respond in the face of pressure to pull back and to be quiet and to compromise. And I think this is a pattern that that I want to make my own. And it's a pattern that I think we need to take on in a greater way as a church. So what's the pattern that we see here that can help us? Well, the first thing that we see is that Peter and John gather in community. They go back to their own people. They go to be with the church as a whole, as their family. They share what's happened and they join together in prayer. And I don't know about you, but I know that when I'm on my own, I find it so much easier to become afraid. So much easier to become discouraged. So much easier to give in to my kind of worries and my anxieties. I need people around me who will speak truth to me, who will speak courage into my life, who will stand with me in prayer through tough times. You know, it's important that we have personal devotions and that we we kind of have our own times when we withdraw to be alone with Jesus. But alongside that, we need to gather in community to share our struggles and the pressures we're facing and the fears that we're struggling with so that we can support one another and we can stand together as a family and we can pray for each other so that we know we're not alone. Now, it's important that we prioritize gathering together like this on a Sunday, but but just as much with things like the growth groups we were talking about earlier or with Deeper or the advanced group that's starting. It's important that we simply have people in the church family who we can turn to and we can go to when things are hard and we can share with them and they can pray for us and who we can be there for and be an encouragement to when they need it. So the first step in for growing as people of courage that we see with Peter and John is that they gather in community. The second thing that we see in these verses that we need to do is that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. 
And I love, and I've been so struck with the way the church prays here. Their prayer is seven verses long. And they spend the first five verses praising God, grounding themselves in Scripture, reminding themselves of his promises. They spend the first five verses reminding themselves of how big God is, that he's in control and that they can trust him. You know, if you want the courage to stand strong, don't look inside of yourself and try and muster it up. Look to Jesus. The secret of courage is not within you, it's in the presence of Jesus. Filling your mind with scripture, with truth, spending time with him in prayer. Turning the TV off and getting rid of all of the distractions and all the different things that fill our minds and our hearts and kind of just that we use to numb ourselves sometimes. So that we're able to be filled instead with the wonder of who God is. So that like Peter and John, when people see our courage, the only explanation they can have is that we have been with Jesus. Simply spending time in his presence, letting him refresh us, letting him encourage us, letting our vision of him grow so that it puts everything into perspective. And so I want to encourage you to prioritize time with God, to prioritize time in his presence, both alone and when we're together. But even more than that, in your prayer times, in your time with God, prioritize praise. Don't dive straight into all of the different struggles and the problems and the needs that you've got, but take time to declare how great God is, to remind yourself of that truth, to remind yourself that he's in control, to remind yourself that you can trust him, to stir that that faith up again in your heart as you fix your eyes on Jesus and see again the greatness of God so that it puts everything into perspective. As we shift our focus away from our problems and our fears, and the pressure that we're under. And we allow our vision of God to put everything into perspective. And when we do that, we realize that whatever challenges that we're facing, whatever risk might be involved, that God is greater, that he's in control, that he is bigger than our problems, that he loves us, that he's for us, that we can trust him. Now, if we want to grow as people of courage, then we need to stir faith in our hearts by having a big vision of our big God. By prioritizing praise and prioritizing time in his presence. And that's why deeper is is so important and so precious. And I encourage you to come along whenever you can. You know, and the amazing thing that we see with, with Peter and John is that once they have this big vision of their big God, it changes their perspective and it changes their priorities. And I'm not sure they would have prayed in the same way afterwards if they hadn't spent this time in prayer first. Because suddenly they become less concerned with their problems, less concerned with themselves, less concerned with, with the things in front of them, and more concerned with God's mission, more concerned with what he's about. And they begin to pray big prayers for a big mission. And I think this is a real challenge to us. 
certainly a challenge to, to me in the way that that the early church, they gather together and they pray together and they don't pray that God would take away the things which are difficult. They don't pray for their own comfort. They don't pray for that they, 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 the Jewish leaders would have a change of heart and their life would become easy. Their prayers don't revolve around themselves at all. Because their perspective has changed and their priority is no longer their own comfort. And this isn't just Peter and John, these great kind of apostles. This is the entire church gathering together, ordinary believers like you and me. And they have a vision of God that is so big that it changes everything. And their priority becomes his big mission. And yet at the same time, what I I love is that they recognize that on their own, they can't do it. They recognize that without God's help, their fear will keep overcoming their courage. And so they pray that that God would work in their hearts and transform them from the inside out so that they would be able to stand boldly and put Jesus on display. They pray together, God, grant us the power to be able to speak your word with boldness, to speak the good news of who Jesus is, even when we fear people are going to reject us for it. And this doesn't mean that that when God gives them their boldness, their fear disappears. It doesn't mean that when they're praying this, they're not afraid. So because they're afraid that they know they need God's help. And as God helps them, he doesn't necessarily take away their fear or change the things that are in, in front of them because they're still facing the same challenges. But what he does is he grows them in courage and in boldness so that fear no longer controls them. Now, Nelson Mandela once said that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. As the whole church gathers together, they pray for boldness because they don't want their fear to control them anymore. They want to be people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be courageous so that their courage overcomes their fear. And then alongside praying for boldness, they pray, God, would you stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus? In other words, while we're speaking boldly, would you please work with us? We want to do our part. Would you do your part too? Would you back us up by demonstrating your power through the Holy Spirit so that Jesus would be put on display not only by our words, but by your power? And what you so often find, as Kieran was sharing about at the beginning earlier on, is that it's as we step out, as we step out and look to be courageous and bold and put Jesus on display, that we begin to see the Holy Spirit move in a way that previously we could only imagine. And I think that's because Jesus tells us the key purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be his witnesses and to put Jesus on display. There's so much that the Holy Spirit does in our lives that is so precious, but the key purpose is that. It's to give us power to be Jesus' witnesses. And so if we're going to be people of courage who put Jesus on display, we need to have a big vision of God 
that changes our perspective. And then a big vision of his mission to be witnesses for Jesus in St. Austell, in Cornwall, across our nation, throughout the world. And that big vision will drive us to big prayers. Because we know we can't do it on our own. Because it's when our dreams and our vision is bigger than ourselves that we really begin to push into God and see the Holy Spirit work in amazing ways. It's when our dreams and our vision is bigger than we can do on our own. That we need to grow as people of courage and that we see God come and meet us in the midst of that. So I want to encourage you for your own life. Ask God and spend time with God and ask him, God, what, what is the vision that you have for me? And the role that you have for me to play in, in your big story. God, give me a vision which I, is so big that I can't manage it without you. Let's have a vision for each of our lives and a vision for us as a church that is so big that we can't manage it on our own. So that we begin to push into God and we begin to see him move in power among us. The last thing then that I want to highlight from these verses that we need if we're going to be people of courage is that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, at the end of these verses, we read that they are, were fi- all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, above everything else, if we're going to be a people of courage, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. For us to be transformed like Peter from people of fear to people of courage requires God's help. And what we see here is that as followers of Jesus, this isn't a one-off thing, it's a continual need. Because the believers have already been filled with the Holy Spirit. That happens just a few chapters earlier, Acts chapter 2. At the day of Pentecost, we read about how God has already poured out his Spirit and he's given them the Holy Spirit and he's empowered them and he's given them gift of tongues and all, and he's seen him move in amazing ways. And yet here we have the same people. Peter and John were there on that day and they're there on this day. We have the same people coming back to God. The same people gathering together as the church and again being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we can't just try and muster up courage and kind of say passionate words and stir one another on and say, let's go and do it. And then when we face challenges that mean we've got to stand for Jesus and it costs us or we're going to share our faith and it's scary, expect it to be different than it was before. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit to know God's presence with us in every moment. And so I want to encourage you as individuals and I want to encourage us together as a church to adopt the pattern that we see here. When things are hard, don't try and go it alone or isolate yourself as sometimes we can do. Run to your church family. Run to one another. Run to your growth group. Be honest with them so that you can stand together and support one another and pray for one another. Refresh your vision of how big God is and how great God is so that it puts everything into perspective. And then pray as the disciples prayed. Lord, consider their threats. Consider the pressure we're under. Consider the way that people are in opposition to us. 
the way people take offense at you. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit again so that we might stand as people of courage for you. If we're going to see God moving amongst us in ever-increasing ways and see people coming to, to know him, not just in ones and twos that we celebrate, but by the boatload, then we need the Holy Spirit's power. We need to be people of courage. And so we need to make this our prayer. I'm going to come to a, kind of wrap things up. If you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know just how much God loves you and that he is for you. Just how awesome he is. And how knowing him changes everything. And you know, when you come to know him, it's not just that you get this kind of ticket to heaven and then you can kind of say, yes, it's all done and dusted. When you come to know Jesus, it's the start of this amazing adventure following him as he works in your life to set you free from fear and to empower you to have courage. Courage to stand for him. Courage to live for him. And if you want to find out more about that, then come grab me at the end. I'd love to chat to you all. There'll be the prayer ministry team at the front at the end. They'd love to talk to you or talk to someone who you came with today. For those of you here, though, who, who would say that you're followers of Jesus, maybe you have been for a long time, maybe you're just for a short time, there are two things which God's really put on my heart for, for, to give an opportunity for us to respond. I'm going to ask Penny, Penny, if you could just come up and, um, and just begin to play and, and lead us as we respond. That would be great. Thank you. Um, you know, for, for some of, of you, maybe as I've been speaking, what's been most on your mind, or what maybe what God's put his finger on in your heart, is the fears that you struggle with and the things that you're anxious about. And you know that Unlike Peter and John and the people we've been talking about, that actually those fears or those worries or those things you're anxious about kind of have a control over you. A control maybe over one specific area of your life. And if that's you, then I want to give an opportunity um, this morning for you to, to be able to come and bring those fears or those worries to Jesus. And I'm not promising you that he's going to change the circumstances. I'm not promising you that he'll take away the, the, the fear and just kind of, you know, everything will just be, be fixed in an instant. But that as you bring those things to him, as you fix your eyes on Jesus, as you look to him and put hope and trust in him, that he would come and meet with you in the way that we see him working in these verses. That it would change everything, not as the things disappear that you're afraid of, but as your courage grows. As you see who he is, as it enables you to, to stand. As it enables your courage to overcome your fear because you see you have an amazing God who loves you and is with you, will carry you and help you. So if, if, if you've got fears, if that's you this morning, I just want to give it just 30 seconds just to... For you to be able to bring those things to Jesus, and I'm going to pray for you.
let's just have a few seconds quiet. Just bring anything to Jesus that you know has been a, a control in your life to do with fear or anxiety or you for your promise, for your invitation that you call on us and you say that we can cast all of our anxieties, all of our burdens onto you because you care for us. And so Jesus, we bring all those different fears, those anxieties, and we, we hand them over to you now. We entrust them to you now. Thank you that you care for us in the midst of them. Thank you that there is nothing too small and nothing too big for you in us. And just right now, I pray that you would come and you would meet with every single person here. God, and as they hand these things over to you, that they would, they would see something more of you. They would see something more of your majesty and your power and your greatness. That we would see something more of your love and your compassion and your mercy. And as we get a bigger vision of who you are, that it would stir courage and faith in our hearts that the power of that fear would be broken in our lives. That people would be set free from the power of fear now because it would be overcome with the power of your spirit. Be overcome with your love. It would be overcome by courage because of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. The second way that I want to give space for people to respond is for each of you really just to make the prayer of the disciples in the early church your prayer today. That God would give you boldness to stand for Jesus and to speak his word. That you would be filled with the Holy Spirit in a new and a powerful way so that as you stand for Jesus, you would make yourself available for God to stretch out his hand and to heal and perform signs and wonders so that Jesus would be put on display. And this is a serious prayer. It's one of those things that, you know, kind of if we did it publicly, we'd all have to smile and nod and say, yes, I want that. But this is a serious prayer that costs. And so I don't want, I don't want to put pressure on anybody in terms of this, but I do think there's a significance in responding physically of saying, yes, I'm stepping out. This is for me. This is my heart, God. And so what I'm going to do is, I, I want to ask a lot of you have anyway, but if everybody would just close your eyes. So there's no pressure. No one's looking. I'll keep my eyes closed too. I don't need to know. And if that's your heart, if your heart is to respond to God, to say, God, fill me with your spirit that I might grow in courage and boldness to stand for you. That I see your spirit at work through me. And just raise your hand now. Just between you and God. And I'll pray for us in a moment. Lord Jesus, you see the hearts of each person here who's raised their hands. 
you know that for, for some of us this isn't easy for some of us this is a little bit scary I said Jesus I pray that you would come now and you would pour out your spirit on every single person here Jesus, that you would enable us, that you would be the one who, as we read happened in Acts, that we would see again, you pour out your spirit in a way of power where you enable the ordinary believer to speak your word with boldness and with courage. The ordinary believer to stand for you when there is a pressure to compromise. The ordinary believer to to put you on display by being people of integrity in the workplace. The ordinary believer to, to be willing to, to, to prioritize you over their own comfort, over their own friends, over their, their own kind of careers. God, help us to be people of courage who put you first. People of courage who put you on display. People of courage who seize every opportunity to share about you with, with those who we rub shoulders with. People of courage who take that step of faith to pray for people, to see you move in power with signs and wonders and healing. So that you would be put on display. So that you would be made much of. So that we would see many people coming to know you here in St. Austell, across Cornwall. We need you. We're sorry where we've allowed fear to control us in the past and we say no more. Forgive us, wash us clean, give us a new start. I pray that you would break off from each one of us, God, the, uh, the memories and the times when we've allowed fear to control and that's become kind of our default and our identity and the way that we see ourselves and we think that's not for me because of that. But I pray that you would just break off those past experiences and you would give us a fresh start to be renewed in you and to go out from this place as people of courage. For your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.